All right, Salt Lake City was the location of uh, heads getting blown off, basically. A few, a few heads got blown off. It seems like it's a tradition now in, in Utah whenever they have uh, major, major events. It seems like the UFC, they love Utah, right? Salt Lake City, they love fighting. I know there's like a, you know, a large population of, of Mormons out there. That's what Utah is known for. But there's also a large population of Samoans. And what are they known for? Um, my, uh, my mic is crazy right now. Yeah, I don't know if the chat, if anybody's in the chat, let me know or let us know if it sounds different. Because, like, right now when you're talking, it just sounds like a crazy, like, buzz sound, like, staticky. All right. All right. Like, let even worse than before. Let's do, uh, let's do a switch up. Let's see what we can do right now live. But anyways, uh, yeah, Salt Lake City, it was crazy. Um, hopefully we can fix this. How about that? Does that sound a little bit better? Yeah, it's gone. The noise okay. is gone. All right, I will yeah. just shut this this mic off. We'll just use this this mic on the on the headphones. No, that's, that's a million times better. I All think right, about, so oh my eardrum, my boy. I was like, yeah, God, yeah. please. Yeah, we got a fucking uh, uh, boombox yeah, blaster on. And I had all the bass. Oh, you're muted. All right, oh, there you go. There you go. Now we're back. All right, Salt Lake City. Like I said, uh, uh, a great event that they had out there. Uh, the UFC seems like they love, they love Salt Lake City, man. Salt Lake City is a uh, is a location where they always bring some some sick cards. You know what I mean? The the last one we remember was uh, the Leon Edwards versus uh, Kabar Usman, where he won the title with the head kick mm -hmm. knockout. And we had a few head kick knockouts in this event um some crazy crazy uh there's always crazy stuff right at every event because this sport is so volatile and we always got something to complain about right every fight there's something to complain about right there was some complaints about uh uh eye gouging and and grabbing the fence which you know owl gouging is not something that you hear too often but grabbing the fence is something you hear about pretty much all the time. Every, right all all events so uh, we'll get into all of that let's uh let's jump into first with uh with the main event right the headliner the bmf title before we get into that make sure you guys go in the descriptions and and download the all-star app for all your sports needs you know what i mean nba nfl pfl ufc whatever you want whatever you like whatever you want to follow you can fully customize the app to, to your needs and also if you love fighting and you love to make picks the the picks option is there for you and that's what most of us are here for is to go on the app make picks join the community uh join jspec's league which jspec is not here right now he'll be here maybe later we don't know for sure he's a he's a mysterious guy nowadays <laughs> but might pop up who knows uh but yeah if you join his league you know i mean you could win crazy memorabilia you know what i mean last month i gave away the signed bj pen which uh hey if you're good at picking why not win free prizes you know what i mean especially stuff that that you would you could hang on the wall you know and that's not just something that you just get in a gift bag and and toss it in, in the extra bedroom or whatnot but anyways headliner justin gaethje goes in there i guarantee you and i think us too we all picked Poirier to win the fight because in, in, in history, 
it likes to repeat itself, right? And, you know, Chelsea, I think Chelsea was one of the ones that really all week has been saying, like, same rules, same venue, same yeah. this, same that. And he's just like, same result. And he kind of, you know, he kind of, you know, uh, what is it? Hypnotized us with that a little bit. If you were watching uh, Chell in his uh, pre-fight commentary. But, uh, yeah, but even before that, I think a lot of people favor Dustin Poirier to win this fight just because of... Uh, where they are in their career, and uh, te- you know, technically, people thought Dustin Poirier was just a better fighter. But in fighting, you don't have to be. You could you could be technically the best in the world, right? And you'll still go in there, especially a, a guy that is one of the best in the world as well. But maybe not just not as good as you. Maybe people consider. But this is fighting. It takes one mistake, and uh, maybe Poirier was too relaxed and and got caught with that head kick right knockout yeah. it was it was it happened so fast right it just we weren't ready for it were you ready for it like i felt like i was just watching the fight and all of a sudden it was over yeah you know what's crazy is so many like reaction videos and stuff that i saw people missed it like so many people missed the initial head kick where they had to go back and see it on the replay but they're like what happened he went out how did he get knocked out i don't think anybody saw that coming i'm guilty as you are, as many people are, of picking Dustin Poirier in this fight. I really just thought Dustin was too slick. I thought he would have an answer for the leg kicks that he suffered. That was really the one thing that that was damaging him in the first fight. I thought he would have a correction for it. He would have an answer for it. And he looked good. Dustin looked sharp. He had Gaethje hurt in the first round. He hit him with a big shot that had him kind of Bambi-legged out there. And listen, if you told me Justin Gaethje by head kick, I'd be like, no way, man. No way. It's something else. I, I can't remember the last time Gaethje landed. I think like the Tony Ferguson, he landed a good head kick in there, but didn't really you know, do too much damage. I just didn't know Gaethje had that in his bag. I mean, showing the right hand, throwing the right high above it. Like, I didn't know he had that. So kudos to him, man. Credit to Gaethje. Hey, if you're going to come out and win a fight that you lost, you have to do it in a way that the other guy's not expecting. You got to hit him with something that he's not ready for because he game plan for everything else, right? He game plan for the left hook. He game plan for the overhand right from Gaethje. Don't circle off to his right. He's going to hit you with a big right hand. He game plan for that, but I guarantee you he did not think, man, Gaethje throws his right high kick. You better be prepared for it, and that's what caught him. Yeah, it caught him clean. Like you said, it it wasn't expected. I think – the, the expectations of this fight was, it was it's going to be a long, drawn-out war, right? Both guys are going to get hit with crazy shots. Not one shot is going to put either one down, and that's what happened. One shot put the other down, and that's why people were delayed with their reactions, right? Like you, like me. I was delayed. I was expecting, you know, Gaethje to get, you know, head kick him, even if it happened. Head kick him, Poirier maybe get knocked down, but, you know, he scrambles back up. And you know, gets position and he does his little shorts thing and he pulls forward, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and you know, unboxes exactly right. Yeah. Like, that's what we expected. It's almost like a movie that we were expecting, yeah. you know, like this movie that we were, we're like watching, like we're expecting, you know, this to happen, but it didn't happen. That's why it's great. That's why fighting is so good. That's why fighting is something that you can watch and you need to watch live, right? This is a perfect example of why you need to watch fights live, right? For sure. For sure, 100%. And like you said, man, it's just MMA. MMA is so, so versatile. There's so many different ways for you to lose an MMA. Like, that's why it's almost impossible, right? You have John Jones, you have Khabib, you have guys that go undefeated, but we understand, like, the impossibility of going undefeated in the UFC. 
Like it's just so unpredictable. Anything could happen. You could throw a leg kick and get it checked and get your leg snapped in half. Like you have no idea what's gonna happen in there. And yeah, man, congrats to the to the new BMF. I don't know how. I don't know how it all works, but he's it. He's the BMF of the UFC, apparently. He is. He is the BMF of the UFC. Uh, I the the whole fight Gaethje was doing really well, right? It was, the first round was even on the feet. There was nobody really. I think Gaethje looked better. He looked a lot slicker on the feet. Maybe Poirier landed with a little bit more impact in the first round, but uh, but you know it could have went either way the first round, right? Could have went either way because Gaethje did look slick and he did look like he had a a vision of like what he wanted to do in the fight. Poirier is more in there fighting off instinct, like he always does. And, and sometimes that could get you in trouble early, but then he turns it around. This time around, he he wasn't even out the gate yet. Gaethje was controlling the, the cage, you know, landing, hit and sit combinations, showing different, you know. I think he was showing him so many different things that eventually in the second round, Gaethje or, or Poria kind of had to start all over again, watching like his, his movement, and it was just too late. The head kick, boom. It's over with, right? So headshot, yeah. So this, this, this kind of, um, this kind of result and this kind of performance now puts, like, changes your perspective of Gaethje tremendously, right? Like now it seems like is Gaethje, is he a different Gaethje? Like is he like a smarter Gaethje, right? Like that's the only thing that you know that was kind of like, like I guess you know dragging on him you know like that that dark cloud around him it's like yeah he's yeah. so unpredictable that he never would become like a an undisputed champion with a couple title defenses just because his style but now he's still violent but his style is somewhat has altered right a little i guess a little bit more technical and maybe a little bit more planned out and and that could be a problem for like even for a charles it could be a problem for islam we've seen islam taken to the to the deep ends of the ocean by Volkanovski, right? Who's 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 to say that he can't do the same, Justin Gaethje to Islam, right? If Islam is is thinking that he could strike with Gaethje, right? And Gaethje's wrestling is is good. It's just how he hasn't been tested, right? That's the only thing. Is like, is Gaethje's wrestling good enough to beat Islam, right? But we're gonna find out. We're gonna find out, right? Because that's be what next. Gaethje wants. That's got to be next, right? Yeah. And. I have a funny feeling that that title fight that's booked for uh, what is it October, or is it October or December? October, right? October, yeah. Okay, October between uh, Islam. I wouldn't be surprised if someone pulls out of that fight. I would not be surprised. You know why? Because Charles already said that he wasn't going to be ready by that time. Yeah. And you know how UFC loves to book fights too early. Yeah. <laughs> Without even like signatures yeah. on contracts. And uh, yeah, so Gaethje better stay ready, man. He, he he's carrying a a great amount of uh, momentum, and, and I think he talked about the Fizia fight, how that fight actually changed his his viewpoint on on fighting and, and his performance. I think we saw the best version of Gaethje, right? And maybe we're seeing the the prime version of Gaethje right now. What do you think? Do you think it's past the prime, or do you think like he looks better than he did three years ago? It's just hard to say because of the matchups. You know, when when it comes to Gaethje, I've never seen him as somebody who, hey, on the feet, he's just going to struggle against anybody. He doesn't have the ability standing. 
He can land big shots. We've seen him hurt. I mean, when is the last time we've seen Gaethje fight and not hurt his opponent? We know he can land. We know he has really clever ways to land big shots. He's not afraid to take one to give one. The problem with Gaethje is the next level. That next step is still the grappling. Have we seen him get better in the grappling department? We know he was a wrestler. We know defensive takedowns. He's a little, you know, he's good there. We've heard that he's good. Again, we haven't seen it. We can't really base it on the Khabib fight. Khabib, I mean, if you can stuff Khabib's takedowns, then you would be the champion. You would, you, know, you would still be the reigning champion at this point. So we can't really look at Khabib and say, okay, let's determine that. But, man, to think that he's going to be able to keep Islam off of him, to think that the fight's not going to hit the ground at some point against Charles, in terms of jujitsu, in terms of not getting submitted, Gaethje just doesn't seem like he has those abilities. He doesn't look like those are the skill sets that he's acquired yet. When it goes to the ground, man, you still see Gaethje make a lot of mistakes, give up his back plenty of times, get caught in submissions. I'm not going to say easily, but he's... He's not a black belt. We know that is basically what I'm saying. And if you want to be to Charles, if you want to be to Islam, you have to be well-versed on the ground as well. And that's that's where I think he hits that roadblock. Yeah, it, it seems like that is the roadblock, right? But he's he got revenge for his first rematch. Poirier, you know, that whole narrative of, like, he's undefeated in rematches, they yeah. play that up to the point where it kind of became the curse in yeah. a way, right? Everybody's like, same venue, same location, same rule set, Poirier wins. That got caught up in the narrative. And and Justin Gaethje just shut all that down, right? It almost seemed like people were already writing, like, drawing posters up for Poirier, uh, uh, Makachev, right? And even yeah. even with Makachev booked against Charles Oliver, everybody's just overlooking. Yeah. You know, like, Benil Darius, what, seven-fight win streak. He goes in there. He's, he's going to face off against Charles. It's almost people thought that Benil already had a title shot, not even facing Charles yet. But that was like the ultimate test. And he went in there and, you know, Charles showed up, you know what I mean, and, and threw heavy. And, and we got to see the Charles that we love, you know what I mean, the one that goes in there. But, yeah, going back to Gaethje and his, his – uh, I don't think it really it's his wrestling because I think he wrestles with some of the best people in the world, you know what I mean, sure. like in, in training camp, right? Kamaru Usman is one of his – best training partners right um but i think it's more of the the defensive savvy of like being in positions that you're gonna you're gonna be in against a guy like a a, a habib or islam and being able to get out of those positions right yeah. that's that's the question can gaethje do that has he leveled up enough to to be able to get out of those positions and be in those positions for weeks practicing those positions you know what i mean there, there has been a couple guys that really practiced those positions, and you could tell in the fight, but then it just, the blanket overwhelmed them. You know what I mean? It, I think the the Poirier-Habib fight, like, it seemed like he played some defense, right? He prepared for Habib's, you know, real naked choke stuff, but it just overwhelmed him eventually, right? Like third round or whatever, if they're fourth round. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see the fight, though. I'm not going to over, you know, I'm not going to, you know, because I think a lot of people are saying, like, Gagey's on his tail end of his career. He's punch drunk, you know what I mean, or whatnot, and he can't take shots anymore. Well, the first part of that him. I agree with, right? I don't think Gagey has this long run ahead of him. I think he is on the tail end of his career, but I think he's on the tail end of his prime. Right? What we hope is that guys, when they hit the end of their prime, that they also hit the end of their career. We don't like it when guys 
hit the end of their prime and then have this long career of losses afterwards. So I agree that he's on the tail end of his career, but I don't agree that he's punch drunk and can't take a shot. That I disagree with. And we saw it from Poirier, man. Poirier hit him a couple of clean times, and he was still with it. He was still there and got the job done. Yeah, and I think that's that's the next thing for Gaethje. There's no argument. Like, he's, he's going to fight for the title. Like you said, there's that many fights left for him. The title is the fight that he wants. Maybe defend the BMF title against somebody if he wants. But I don't see many fights. If he doesn't win the title, I don't see many fights coming after that, right? Except for these BMF type of fights. But you've seen Dana. And if, this is only the second one they've had, you know, since Jorge. So yeah. I don't think that they're really into, like, putting out BMF title fights. Continuously. Yeah, you, you know my thought. It's just we have a pay-per-view, and that pay-per-view yeah. doesn't have a title fight. Like that that's when they're gonna say, let's let's put up a BMF belt. There has to be a belt on the line for every pay-per-view. So that's when they'll bring the BMF back out. Probably, right? When they need uh, someone to save the save the day. Um now with Poirier, what do you do with him though? You know, what I mean he's he's obviously he doesn't want to fight like he mentioned, he doesn't want to fight up and comers. You know, what I mean he's fought Look, look at the list, dude. It's like who does everybody. he needs to? He, he's fought everybody, right? Especially in the top ten. Um, I would love to see the Hooker rematch. I was literally thinking that. I was <laughs> literally thinking that. I was like, bro, book him and Dan Hooker again. That fight is a yeah. ESPN classic. Exactly right. You could put that on a main event, like on a fight night, and people would fuck. I don't think they would put Dustin Poirier and Hooker on a fight night though. I mean, like, man, it was just it, it's just the nostalgia of it of it being in the apex. Like, I want it in the apex again. The shots that oh, we took here from those two, whew, man, that that first fight between the two of them, that that was epic, man. That's one that you watch. You always get asked a question like, if you're introducing somebody to MMA, if you're introducing a friend to UFC, what fight do you give them? That one's got to be on that list, man. That Hooker Gaethje fight has to be on that list. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I could see him fighting like. To like the, the 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 most back you know that he will go I think would be like Hooker, you know yeah. I don't think he I don't think like there's many fights left for Poirier as well. He's on the back end of his career, right? He looked great until the knockout, but I'm just saying he's on the back end of his career. They're both I believe 34 years old. That's not young, right? You've seen the statistics of champions at 34 and older, and you know who's both 34 right now? Izzy and Volkanovski. <laughs> Yeah, they kind of <laughs> they're taking risks now, right? Like, hurts, yeah. yeah, they're taking risks now, right? It's going to be hard for them to keep the belts. I'm serious. Like, it's just the reality. Like the stylistic matchups and age. You get to a certain age, you know, yeah. you're you got 28, 27 year olds hungry, yeah. right? They don't have what you have, right? They don't yeah. they don't cook on the trigger grill. They cook on the the. <laughs> the, what is it? The 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 dome ones. What are the dome ones? With the egg. Yeah, the egg shape was one of those egg, called? the big green egg. You know every you know every ghetto barbecue has one. Come on, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, like they, that's the easiest one to pull out, right? The the circle egg or the Weber, the Weber. That's yeah, right. yeah, the Weber, yeah. the Weber. Yeah, simple, right? Mm -hmm. You see people like stealing those because it's easy to steal. They're not that yeah. big, right? You're just rolling down the street with some of the stuff. Anyways, so uh, yeah, if you know you cook it on a Weber. You know, the chaps are cooking on triggers. And, you know what I mean? It's yeah. a difference. There's levels to this shit. So, 
you know, once you get older in age. And I think those guys realize that. So they're being, they're kind of being very selective of like who they fight. You know, and they they're have trying that to pleasure. find motivation, right? Like yeah. at that time, when you have those many consecutive title defenses, you start having to find motivation. You have to start finding things to get you up. I mean, look at Izzy, like, you know, him and, and Drakus, like, He's putting that on. I think part of it is like, yes, he wants to sell the fight. But I think the other part is like, I really got to get myself going for this guy because I'm such a big favorite. A lot of people think this guy doesn't have a chance, especially pre-Whitaker fight. I think post-Whitaker fight, that kind of changed a little bit. But pre-Whitaker fight was like, this dude doesn't have a chance against Izzy. So Izzy's like, I got to get myself going. I got to find a reason to hate him. I got to want to kill him in order to get myself training the right way. And and Volk's going to be the same way, man. If Volk says at 145 for his next fight, like, how do you find the motivation to fight somebody who can't beat Max, somebody who can't beat, you know what I mean? This guy, that guy, like maybe Tapori is the answer, but Volk is the reason why he's wanting to fight Islam because that gets him motivated. That makes yeah. him want to train harder than he ever has. I don't know if Taporia does that for him. So to your point, yeah, man, for someone like Dustin, to bring it back, someone like Dustin is just what motivates him, what gets him going. I think maybe somebody in the 55 division, this is your chance. If you if you're a lightweight, this is your opportunity to get under the skin, get into the nerves, and get yourself a fight with Poirier. Because, like you said, he's not just going to fight the next man up, the next guy in the rankings. He wants to fight someone who he's going to get motivated for. And one thing we know about Dustin is he'll get pissed off. It's not that yeah. hard to piss at Dustin Poirier off to get him angry, to get him to want to fight you. Someone needs to take a shot at him and get him excited for his next fight. Because if not. I don't I don't know, man. I don't know what's there for him if he doesn't want to fight the Sarukians and the Dariushes and the yeah. Gamrots. Like I, I don't know what else is there for him if he doesn't want to fight those guys. It's hard, man. M what's going on, M? He's saying, what about Poirier Dariush now? Poirier might be interested in it now. But why would he be interested in in a in a Dariush? Like like you said, a Dariush, Sarukian, these are the guys that you're it's more risk than reward. Right, because yeah. you're already now you're already two rungs, you just you just drop down like two three rungs right on the list of title contenders, and at the end of the day, you want to be the undisputed title. That's where all the money comes from, or it comes from like BMF fights, right? And there's a short list, I think, of Poirier. Will Poirier fight for the title again? I think this kind of shut it down. Like I don't think he's gonna be fighting for the title again. Like it's gonna be hard to put him in another fight to line him up for a title fight, right? It's just, unless some miraculous reason, like he steps up on short notice because someone pulled out and he's fighting Islam or something. You know what I mean? It's something miraculous that that big money can, big money talks, right? And Poirier, one thing you know about him is he's rich now because of the yeah. McGregor fights. Oh, and yeah. and the now, yeah, the hot sauce, and he's got other shit going on. Um, if he walked away right now, like I would still look at him as the same fighter. He's, he's a. I don't know if he's a legend, but he is. Oh man, how do you how do you describe the people that like you don't consider legends? You know, in other sports, like there's like a icons, there's legends, and then there's like there's like a right. That's like the number one is icon. If you're an icon of the sport, yeah. then you just supersede everything that's going on. Like Conor yeah, McGregor's those guys change the game. They change the game yeah. in some way. Either people all wanted to be like them or they completely change the infrastructure of exactly, what's possible. Right? No, for sure. Gaethje, I mean, he's a BMF. He's a BMF, bro. He's a BMF. He's a yeah. former interim title winner, which is yeah. Pori as well, right? And then you look at the resume. I, I got to say, Pori's resume is better than 
and then uh, Gaethje's, right? Because just Poirier has been around for, for so long, right? Um, yeah, he's been around yep. forever. And if Gaethje was around that much long, I think that he would have the same resume. As, yeah. uh, they're kind of like the same fighter. If you look I at mean, their the whole history. fight week, we kept seeing the stat line pulled up, like yeah. the amount of wins, the amount of KOs, the age, all these things, like yeah. the interim titles, never won the actual undisputed title. Like they, they are very similar. You put them both in the same category when, when their careers just had it done, which is just bad dudes, man. Bad dudes, guys that you uh, are excited to tell people about whenever they're booked for a fight. You're like, yo, don't miss this. This dude's fights are always exciting. I mean, what can you ask for? Poirier said it best in his post-fight conference when he was, you know, asked, and he's like, he didn't really feel too – I mean, obviously he felt bad that he got head kicked and lost, but he was reflective and was like, hey, man, my career has been awesome. Like, I'm very happy with my career, very happy with what's been going on. I think there's a reason for it, man. He can really look back at his career and say, I did shit the right way. I went out there and fought the way, you know, fans would respect – I fought with dignity. I fought with pride. I never ducked anybody. I never cheated my way. I've never any of that stuff, man. So he's one of those guys where it's just like that that blue collar, like this is what being a UFC fighter, you know, he represents that in, in fullest form. The stuff he does with his charity, like it's hard not to like Dustin Poirier. It's weird that he doesn't have more fans, like true fans, especially BD McGregor. Like, we remember what happened when Khabib beat McGregor. It just skyrocketed his popularity in the fandom. And for some reason, Dustin didn't really get that. Like, he got more popularity for sure. He became a more household name. But, like, true fandom, I mean, I still heard Gaethje getting cheered in there. Like, I just, for some reason, people respect him. People appreciate him. But he doesn't have that, like, true stardom that I thought he might get after beating McGregor twice. Well, I guess if you look at it, they're kind of – you just put him in the bracket of his like elite stars, right? Like he was like an elite star in the in the game, right? Like Gaethje, you could put him there too. Elite star is he legend? Not yet. Possibly, can he become one? Yes. Do you, do you need to be a champion? Do you need to be an undisputed champion to be considered a legend, or at least to like not not meaning if you're an undisputed champion, you are a legend, but like that has to be a criteria. Well, a legend is just too loosely thrown around, I think nowadays like everybody's a legend jim miller's a legend cowboy serone is a legend right like yes these guys are respectable and they they've done things that you should respect and honor and all that but are they a legend of the sport i don't know you gotta step back and like look at the definition of legend because if you're throwing everybody in that category you're like oh uh, horse gracie's a legend you would you put horse gracie and donald serone in the same category like do, do they even fit together in that like, Man, I don't. I think I you'd have to put Gracie above. You got to put a, like Gracie's I said the landscape tra- yeah, changing the icon. landscape. Man, that's what he did. He changed the landscape of, of fighting. He made people yeah, but some people start doing put jiu-jitsu. them in the same category. Yeah, yeah. Well, they speak about them. Same. They both just say legendary guys. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I agree. You know, it's like you know, it's like there's there's fighters like Dan uh, Dan Henderson out there, right? That that never won a UFC title. But he was a two division champion prior. Yeah. Right? Like, are we talking about UFC? Are we talking about MMA, MMA. in general? Like, there's yeah. so many different things, factors that play into it. But For sure. I look at it as Poirier and, Poirier and uh, Gaethje are like elite stars of the game. They were, and they are elite stars of the game right now. And if we're talking about five years into the future, we don't know. Gaethje might go in and, and just like run the table, beat his, lock him out. 
you know, beat revenge Charles, you know what I mean? And then fight one more person, whoever it is, that's like the, the new killer on the block, maybe Patty Pimblet, and then shut it down. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this then, is definitely his last his last hurrah. This is definitely oh, yeah. the last run yeah. in him. This is the last dance, the last ride. Enjoy like, it. Next three or four fights, that's it, man. We're not getting anything Enjoy after it. that, guys. So Enjoy yeah. him while we still have him because after he's – I don't even think he's going to be involved in MMA. You know, he, he has his little companies and stuff. Take but I think off, once yeah. he's gone, yeah. He's going to be like 350 pounds. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah. recognize Yeah, that. you can see that, right? Like, he, he'll be Homer Simpson within a year and a half. Yeah, like right? they show like him on a broadcast one day, and they're like, oh, shit, that's Justin Gaethje. <laughs> For sure. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> Looking like, uh, like Ricky Hatton after a yeah, few years. yeah. Like, <laughs> what about uh Prince Nazim, right? Like yeah, he disappeared for a while, he came back. Everyone's right. like, yo, what happened to Prince Nazim? Like he he's like two people because they're so used to him being so small and yep. like move, you know, and then he became like twice the size, and everybody's like, What the fuck? Yeah, what the hell sure. happened to Prince Nazim? That's Justin Gaethje. Justin Gaethje is gonna return, they're gonna be going back to Denver or something, and they invited Justin Gaethje back and he's sitting Kate's side. And his twin brother, I believe he has a twin brother, right? Maybe it has to be. His twin brother. When I saw him in the – my exact yeah. words, we were in the spaces, and my exact words when I saw him, I was like, they are brothers AF. <laughs> like, that dude yeah. is – I was like, that's got to be his brother. I didn't know he had a twin. I mean, I explained to yeah. him that's his twin. Cause well, they're sure. going to be sitting cage side together, and you wouldn't even know who's Justin Gaethje and who's his brother. That's what's going to happen, right? Like, that's, I'm just telling – I'm just saying. Yeah. That's what's going to happen to Gaethje. Uh, um, a slight shot at Gaethje's brother for no reason. <laughs> just, he was there, just right? Like straight. He's just like a straight for no I, I think just his brother is like who he is without the fighting, basically. Yeah, I can see that. That's, sure. You know, that's him, right? But you're right. But, I don't uh, see Haiti like loving the art of MMA so much that he like wants to coach and he wants to have a gym. Like, I don't, yeah, man. I don't even think he wants to commentate. Like, he's for nah, sure. I don't like, once he's that. done with this sport, he's done with this sport. I can see Poirier doing that more than, more than Gaethje, but commentating and stuff. I can see Poirier yeah. on TV selling his hot yeah. sauce still. Is he good on the mic though? I don't know. I've never seen him. He's okay. He's okay. I mean, I've seen him like in podcasts and stuff like that. Like he's he's decent. I mean, he's better than Gaethje. I'll say yeah, that for sure. For sure. For sure. So I can see him and and DC having a little Louisiana show together, talking about fights on ESPN and stuff. I can see that. Yeah. It could be called like barbecues and hot sauce, right? Something. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like um, in the Louisiana. There you go. Well, Gaethje. We know what's next for him. He's gonna be um, he's gonna be fighting for the title. Hopefully, that's what I'm hoping for him. Uh, great performance! Like you cannot argue against that performance. Poirier, he's up in the air with what he wants to do next. You know, he deserves all the money if he gets. You know, if he fights Connor again, because that's still a possibility. 100%. If he fights, if he fights Colby Covington at 170, possibility. You know, there's probably a few fights at 170 that. You know, tickles his fancy. You know what I mean? And 155, there's probably maybe a couple fights that he would probably take, which are big name fights. But other than that, I, don't, I think he's probably going to be done with 155. I think he's going to go and kind of disappear on us. Maybe he won't do no media or nothing like that and focus on what he's doing and then come back maybe with a, an announcement or something. But, anyways, great fight. 
great individuals, elite elite stars in this in this industry. Legend. And uh, yeah, um, a great great main event for pay per view, co main event. Yes, co main event. Alex Pereira versus Jan Blahovic. Before we dive deep into that, make sure you guys go in the description and uh, download the All Star app. Make your picks for UFC fights and play against me. Play against Sicko. Play against J Spec whenever he's around, and uh, we'll get into it. Anyways, uh, Pereira, man, he goes in there and wins a split decision over Jan Blahovic. That's what I picked on the app. I picked decision win for Alex Pereira, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people, if they picked Alex Pereira, they picked knockout victory does it seem like Pereira doesn't have the power that he does at 205 do you think dudes are just like they get hit by it and they're like what that's what you got is that what y'all did y'all took the shots and like huh that's i it? mean yon's got a chin on him you know i don't remember when's the last time yon got knocked out uh, i remember glover hitting him hitting the shot but also you got to remember whenever you have no fear versus a lot of fear in a very specific category. Like it changes the dynamic of things, right? An example is like, do we think if you put Khabib and Connor in a strict boxing match, Khabib's going to drop Connor? No, but you put him in MMA where Connor's so worried about the takedown. Khabib hits him and drops him. And you're like, yo, he dropped Connor. Like he actually caught, like clocked him and dropped him. It's like, well, yeah, cause Connor ain't even thinking about getting punched. And that's what happens when, you know, Pereira's sitting there, and he can't really sit down on his punches. He can't overextend because the one time he did, he got taken down super easily. Like, he's going to take some off. He's going to take a little power off because he just doesn't want to get taken down. And for Jan, the same thing, right? Jan's just not worried about a takedown at all. So his defense is solely based off of leg kicks and, and that left hook. I just – I don't got to worry about this dude changing levels on me at all. So I think it changes a little bit when you have that dynamic. But I, I don't, man. It's just hard for me to think that that Pereira can't knock dudes out cold at two hundred five. I think he still does have that power. Oh, I think so too. Um, the the first round, right? Jan goes out there and immediately he presses up, and you're like, "Yes, this is what you do to win. This is what you need to do to win." But then, what was weird was that. Um, Okay, there you go. All right, so what was weird was that he went away from that in the second round and started to strike with Alex. And then Alex just completely took all the momentum away from uh, Jan and and then basically won the fight. And, dude, Pereira or uh, Jan, he looked like he was just dusted. Like his, his energy was zapped. I don't know what happened to him. Um, it, like he out-wrestled himself in the first yeah first round and he was just tired it was just like it was just very odd to see from an elite former champion to go in there and get tired so fast um and Pereira I think that factored into him winning the fight because Jan just didn't have the energy to keep him down because if you look at the fight with Izzy you know I mean the takedowns were just I think it was much harder to get than against Pereira and Pereira kind of just like laid there after yeah. he got the takedown, right? It was just, it's almost like he gave the fight to Pereira with, without, with his conditioning. It wasn't very good. Um, if you look at the stats, Pereira la- outlanded him for strikes, but then you see the huge takedown factor, three, mm-hmm. three to none. Now, if, imagine if, if this fight 
like Jan took him down every round, at least a couple times. Jan would have won this fight easily. He didn't even have to punch him. He'd just take him down and control him and, you know, give him a little pitter-patter here and there. He would have won the fight. But that's not how the fight ended. The fight ended with Alex Pereira getting his hand raised, which in which was one of the oddest things, right? Because I think a lot of people expected Pereira to, to go in there and remove Jan's head if they stood <laughs> and traded. So it shows you that, number one, Jan... He has a chin on him. Number two, Jan ain't afraid of nobody. Number three, Jan pooped the bed or shit the bed. Right? What happened, Sicko? Like, what 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 do you see in this one? Because I don't I I look at this fight as more of Jan lost than Alex won. Yeah, you could look at it that way for sure, especially with how easy he got that initial takedown. I mean, he controlled him for the entire first round, you know. But and it's crazy because going into the fight, I thought a three round fight would actually benefit uh, Blockowitz more than it would benefit Pereira, just because I figured I look back at the five round fight he had with Izzy, and if you remember, Jan didn't come out immediately and start taking Izzy down in the first round. Like he stood with Izzy for a while and then started mixing in the takedowns later on in the fight in the third round, fourth round, fifth round. He was taking Izzy down a lot more. So I thought, man, those first two rounds, if this was a first, if this was a five-round fight, those first two rounds of like, I don't want to blow my load, I don't want to start grappling them early, I'm gonna have to stand and trade. I thought that would be big trouble. But I was like, since it's a three-round fight, he can come out and immediately start shooting takedowns in the first round. And maybe it's just a location, man. I mean, we've seen fighters complain about it before, say, like, yo, this this elevation, this Salt Lake City, man, it ain't no joke. I was gassed, I got tired. Maybe Maybe Blockowitz just didn't expect it. Maybe he thought like, hey, it's only three rounds. I can come out grapple heavy in the first and be able to do this. And then after the second round, we got the first uh, that first takedown that he got stuffed. He was probably like, oh, man, I'm tired. Like, I can't keep doing this anymore. I got a good one or two shots left in me. I'm going to have to stand and trade with him. And I mean, to his credit, he didn't get finished. Everyone felt like if he had to stand and trade with Pereira, he would get, like you said, he would get his head taken off. And to his credit, he didn't let that happen either. But, yeah, man, I think just the location might have had something to do with it, you know, just not being prepared to fight there, not really knowing what that does to your gas tank. And these are just big boys. If you think that they're going to grapple the way. Oh, these are big, big dudes. They don't have the ability to just chain wrestle all fight and still have the gas to keep going like that. That energy gets buzzed quickly at that weight class. Yes. You know, huge mistake in preparation, right? By Blahovich, right? He's usually he doesn't make mistakes like that, but that was a major one. And he, he was still dying, man. He was gassed hard. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the fight, he wasn't even able to get off the stool. Like Pereira at least was walking around. He was on the stool, just like belly out, breathing heavy. I was like, yo, if this was a five rounder, he's going to sleep. Like he's tired. Yes, it almost makes you think that. Blahovich, his days could be over, like as an, an elite level light heavyweight, right? Like against someone that, like Pereira, right? Which could be kind of a layup fight for Blahovich, stylistically looking at it. Yeah. And if he was just not gassed, because he has the ability to take down Pereira, even with his worst, probably technique, he took down Pereira, right? Imagine if he was fully ready. Um, cardio 
on hit and you know like he goes in there and wrestles for 15 minutes and and just beats the shit out of Pereira. If he did that, people would have been like, "Holy shit!" Right? Like even if it was a decision, as long as he went in there and took him down and just like arm dragged him and and just did the Habib on him, right? And with the with the skill set that he had. But when you don't have the energy, dude, like the best thing for you to do is stand there and see if you could punch the other guy in the face. Yeah. Right? You're not gonna go to wrestling immediately, right? Because the last thing you want is to for yourself to make a mistake on the ground and then be sitting like underneath the guy and the guys in your like in mounts just raining down elbows and punches and you're like, oh, I put myself here. We see that sometimes in the in the UFC. We see that in high level fighting where a guy's too gassed, but He's just like, this is the best path of victory, so I'm going to take it, and then it just backfires. Next thing you know, they're finished yep. because they were trying to wrestle when they shouldn't have been. So I guess least Blahovich didn't get finished, if, if I'm going to look at it positively. Moral but victory. I don't see very good things happening to Pereira, dude, moving forward if he, if he gets matched up with some yeah. – some guys at this light heavyweight division, right? Because you could you could arguably put him in a title fight right now because he beat Blahovic. No, for sure. I think that's probably what's next, right? Uh, Jamal Hill is going to be out for a little while. Yuri's coming back. I think Yuri and, and uh, Alex makes all the sense in the world. And to be honest with you, when I look at Alex and the rest of the division, I thought this was going to be his toughest test. Because I thought this was going to be the guy that would be not only unwilling to stand with him, but has the skill set to choose not to stand with him. If anybody at 205 was going to be able to go out there and take him down consistently, I thought it was going to be Yon. When I look at Yuri, when I look at uh, Jamal Hill, we don't look at those guys as grapplers. They don't really like to grapple. They, we've seen their ability to do so against, against Clover. But I don't know if those guys are going to come out and shoot. I don't know if those guys are going to come out and start – implementing wrestling especially if those are going to be five round fights now like if those are five round fights man you don't want to come out and start shooting heavy double legs and single legs and chain wrestling in the first round because you don't know if you're going to have that gas tank the rest of the way so if this is a five round fight and it's yuri or it's it's jamal hill they're gonna have to stand and trade and i think that gives alex a better chance than even yon i thought yon was the toughest test stylistically stylistically for him uh you know jamal still hill still possesses crazy power he tends to to shock us he tends to you know do things that we didn't expect a lot of times he gets overlooked or maybe he we feel like he may not be that great and he just rises to the occasion and then here he's just a madman but here he gets hit a lot here he gets hit a lot man and that's what that's the matchup that i like for alex is year yet 205 yeah there's there's a there's a a path to to winning the title for Pereira. Yeah. I could see that. And I don't see it with Jan right now. Right? Maybe maybe he re maybe he does another rebirth, right? I don't know. But right now I don't see it. But I see Alex with the styles that come up, like with the Jamal Hill striker, Yuri striker. Anything like that's a striker that's gonna like sway things away from the grappling, Alex his chances of winning that fight jump up like 20 30 40 percent right because it's just that's his forte and For sure. you know we could all be clouded by by this performance and say oh you know alex doesn't have the power that he did he's just bigger you know what i mean and uh and that, let's see him against a real grappler or somebody that's going to be able to wrestle him a little bit more um 
But I just don't know if know. that guy exists. I just don't know if that guy exists at 205. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and who's going to sacrifice? You know, like, who are they going to sacrifice? Because right. you're kind of sacrificing Pereira, right, by putting him against somebody like that, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 like, a, who, who's in the – let's say a guy that has decent grappling and I think would grapple against – uh, against Pereira in the top fifteen. Oh, who's that one? It's dude? it's it's hard to say, man, because a lot of the guys in the top fifteen at two hundred five are just strikers. They man, might who am I have... thinking about? That's a crazy grappler, but he might be a heavyweight. Let me see. He might be a heavyweight. I might be thinking of somebody who like could fight at light heavyweight, but fights at heavyweight. I'm sure he's in the top fifteen now. Let me find out. I think you could put him against like Anthony. Oh, Smith. I was thinking about uh, Jalton Almeida. Almeida fights. Oh yeah, yeah. That he's would a be a crazy that. fight. He could. I always thought Almeida could fight at light heavyweight. Like if you see him, he's yeah. always smaller than anybody he's fighting at heavyweight, and then he just ragdolls and manhandles them all. I think like, uh, that would be crazy. I think he is a two hundred five er that's fighting at, but yeah. in a good way. Yeah, like there's a lot of guys that are two hundred five ers fighting at heavyweight, but yeah, yeah. Pereira. I think that they're looking to rebook him as soon as possible, either for the title or for the number one contender match. And maybe this was a number one contender match, right? Maybe the UFC saw it as like they told these guys, you win, you'll fight for the title against whoever's available. So it'd be Yuri, or I think Yuri's the one that's uh, that they're looking at, right? Yeah, he's because he's just coming back from his injury. He's uh, And they want to make that fight. Yeah. Well, hopefully I run into him over here. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. He's out here, so hopefully I see him and I'll talk to him and see what's up with him, and we'll get some information next week or something like that. Yeah. Um, what is it? Uh, let's see what – oh, we got a uh, – we got Crazy Pato says, if Gamera dominates Fiziev, does that make Gagey's clo close win on Fiziev less impressive? Does it? Mm -hmm. Nah, just because I, I just think if if Gamrot dominates Fiziev, I feel like that happens a very different way. Like if I can imagine Gamrot dominating Fiziev, it's because he's taking him down and controlling him and maybe even submits him. Where it's like Gaethje's just a completely different fighter. That was the standing war. And I mean, let's be honest. Like, how many people are putting that much stock in Gaethje's win over Fiziev? A lot of people felt like like Fiziev won that fight. Exactly. So I don't I don't even know if Gaethje's like I think this fight with Poirier is a more impressive win than his fight with Fiziev because Fiziev I, I don't know if he won like that was such a good fight where this one Poirier like I expected Poirier to win and he got I'm not sure I I think uh, Gamrock's just a completely different fighter a different path of victory yeah. so I, I don't really uh, hold any weight for one against the other. Mm. And if Gamar goes in there and dominates Fiziev with with just wrestling, which could possibly happen, but the thing about Gamar is, I'm not I'm not complaining about his style, but when you go in there with that style, you got to go in there and finish fights because people are not going to ride with you with that style. You know, yeah. you could win decisions, but they're not going to ride with you. That you need to go in there and finish fights. You need to be brutal. In yeah. in you know you have the skills to do it. You have the cardio to outpace everybody. Now you just got to do damage. Once you start doing damage, people are going to jump on the bandwagon, dude, especially if you're winning. 
And I think that's what Gamrot needs to do. That's what uh, Sarukian needs to do. If those two guys, one of them will be the outlier, right? Because their style is kind of very similar to each other, right? I think Sarukian is a little bit better on the feet. But like grappling-wise, they're both probably the same, right? We've seen them fight, so we've seen how good they are. Um, but I, but the thing is, like, which one will become the outlier? Will Sarukian like improve his striking to the point where like now he's knocking fools out? But if they want to grapple, he can grapple with them. Or is Gamrock going to be the guy that comes out and says, "Okay, I'm going to start like finishing these dudes on the ground"? Because I don't see Gamrock like closing the gap in the striking anytime soon. But Sarukian possibly, who knows? Um, but we'll see. What else? What else is crazy? They need to start putting respect on Grandma's name. Guy has fought nothing but killers, including taking a fight with no training camps against her. Yes, we do have to give respect to Gamrot for all the things that he's done and what he's proven. Uh, but to get to that elite championship level, something has to change. Something has to. Something has to be. Something has to be released from from his inner circle, right? To like show us that he's gonna be the next guy. You know what I mean? He's got to finish fights. Like and John, don't you feel like like people were ready though? Don't you feel like after this Rukian fight, people were ready to start crowning Gamrot? Like when he fought Dariush, everyone was ready for it. They were ready to put the crown on him. And I mean, that was a bad loss, man. Like Dariush really beat him up. He dropped him, had him hurt. Like he couldn't really do anything with him on the ground. Dariush was able to scramble and get out of every bad position. And I think that fight just took a lot of win out of the sales. It made a lot of people second guess their, you know, their push for Gamrock because everyone was on him, man. When he beat Saruki and everyone was ready to push him as the next guy, this is the guy to beat Islam. This is the guy to challenge Islam. And then when he lost to Terry Yush, it was like, oh, never mind. We jumped off, which isn't fair to, to Bato's point, man. It's not fair. Like the dude, the dude is legit. He'll get another opportunity. And then like John said, we, we got to see what improvements he made when he gets that next opportunity. Uh, who would you pick between Gaethje and Gamma? I think Gamma has called him out twice in the past. Yes, everybody wants to call out Gaethje. Who would you pick, Gaethje or Gamma? Who, right now, Gaethje. Right now, Gaethje. Um, but it's tough. Like they both have really clear paths to victory to me. For me, I just the way I've seen Gamma get hit, whether it was Darius, whether it was Jalen Turner. Like, if you get hit, man, Justin Gaethje's a guy that you don't really want to fight because he has some serious power, and he's not afraid to get hit to, you know, to get hit to give one. Uh, but for in terms of Gamrot, like, man, anybody who is really good on the ground is a tough matchup for Gaethje because we know Gaethje, his initial takedown defense is good, but as soon as the fight ends up on the floor, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to give up submission attempts. But to your point, does Gamrot have that finishing ability? That's the thing. Will it? Will he develop it? Is it? Is it coming? Because we see it sometimes with, with fighters. They come a little bit later, right? With with their with their finishes and and, and it happens. Sometimes it happens at the most unexpected moment where everybody's like, "Oh yeah, Gamma just by decision," and then all of a sudden he goes in there and blows someone's head off. Who yeah, knows, right? Mm -hmm. it, it happens in the sport all the time. We'll see. Uh, Who you let's got? Move Who on. you got in that one, John? Don't leave me out here hanging by myself. Uh, <laughs> Who you got in that Gaethje Gamera? I think Gaethje win. I think Gamera wins that fight by five round decision. I think that's what we see in that fight. Is mm -hmm. Gamera just going to go in there and keep it real tight and use his speed? Even though Gaethje's pretty fast, but I think Gamera just his level changes and, and his chain wrestling is a little bit 
quicker than than Gaethje's. I think it would just stall him out, and it would be a fight that the UFC wouldn't want to see. To be honest, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, they'd probably put it together. But I'm just saying, if they're forced to, but it's just not a fight that is going to get you know, it's, it's not a a main event pay per view fight. Let's just say that, right? Yeah. Gaethje can't run that by himself. He can't hold it. You know what I mean on his own. But yeah, I'll, I'll take a Gamrod in that one right now if we if we make picks. Um, let's move on to the. The unsung hero of UFC 291, which is uh, which is the man with he always outdo he always outdoes himself. He always tops off like what he did in the past and makes you forget about the two, three fight, four fight losing streak that he was on. Oh, and yeah. completely redeems himself. Yeah, it's never happened. It never happened, and we he is like. Derek Lewis is a, 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 a cult hero, I think. Like, he's become a cult hero. Like, he's, he's up there with, like, um, he's up there with, like, a Nate Diaz, right? He's yeah. Up there yeah. With, That's a good one. He's up there with, like, a Tai Tuovasa, right? Like, they've created, like, they've etched their parts of history throughout the MMA yeah. world. And, uh, yeah, man, I don't know why I'm frozen. But I you're am. frozen, man. You're frozen with yeah. your hand. It looks like you're asking a question. <laughs> John, yeah, exactly. you. But yeah. no, I agree, man. Like it's 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 almost a brand, right? They almost create a brand without trying to create a brand. Like the mm-hmm. Black Beast is a brand. 209, Stockton, Diaz Army, that's a brand. Like those kind of guys that culminate a certain it's one of those where it's a way that the guys inside the circle of MMA, people who are deep into MMA, deep into the UFC, can go, well, this is my guy. This is my guy. The public may not know them. They never won a championship. They're not title contenders. But this is my guy. He's the one that gets me excited, and I know all of his stuff. I know he's going to say his balls are hot. I know he's going to bound on his chest and do his celebration. Like It's a complete brand that you can get behind with Derek Lewis. And to come out, Derek Game Brad Lewis comes out with a flying yeah. knee, man. Who yeah. would have thought that that's how he was going to open the fight? It's crazy, crazy guy. Yeah, and we were talking about it last week. You know, we were saying, I think we were saying, like, this is what we're going to see from Derek Lewis. He's going to come out <laughs> all crazy and shit. And yeah. he did. He came I out all crazy. Won. And the Lima had no chance. Like, I don't even think he threw like one punch. Nope. Once nope. he got kneed in the face. He fell down and just took a bunch of punches, you know what I mean? And you don't want to take punches from Derek Lewis in that position. Like, he loves that position. That that looked like a, a sexual position to him, you know what I mean? Like, they, he was just, like, pounding down. I've been you know, here before. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, uh, yeah, man, he he's he seems like he's getting more athletic, That which means, I don't know, he's 38 years old at a heavyweight. I don't understand how that happened. That frustrates the hell out of me, man. When he comes out with that shape, six pack, like looks good. I'm like, where was that seven years ago, Derek Lewis? Yeah, six pack with the belly, like where, you know, like what? How does that happen? But you know, you're thinking like that's that's an athlete, elite, elite level athletes only can have a belly and a six pack at the same time. Like that's just that's just what it is. Uh, Delima, you know, we said like his his path to victory would be to like stay away, keep distance, and kind of just pitter-patter his way to a decision. Yeah. Derek Lewis didn't give him any chance of doing any of that. And, uh, yeah, 33 seconds, 
what do you do with Derek Lewis? You just keep him giving him these guys that he could beat up with flying knee bars or sorry, flying, uh, flying, flying knee knees. bar would be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Flying knee bar would be a finish. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I don't know what to say. You got to resign him, right? That's what you do with Derek Lewis. First and foremost, you have to resign him. Oh, there's going to be big money for Derek Lewis. I guarantee you. Do you, th- do you think, do you think the PFL overextends and offers another massive amount of money that like they really shouldn't? I mean, you have to remember. Barry already will offer him more, I guarantee it. Than PFL? Yeah. Because you got to remember, we know the number. We know the minimum number he gets for fighting Francis. Yeah. That's $2 million. That's the minimum. They can't. He's not a contractually. He cannot fight Francis Ngannou for less than $2 million. Is he going to get $2 million for a fight in the UFC? I highly doubt it. Yeah. Highly doubt it. Can he get $2 million or more from Bare Knuckle or something? Maybe we know they got change to throw around. We know they like to throw some money around, but that's intriguing. That's intriguing. I can even see PFL just doing a one-off, like just come fight Francis Ngannou for one fight for $2 million. We'll go from there. Yeah. It's He has options, right? A person in Derek Lewis's sure. spot, he has a lot of options, and he has a good management team that will reach out and, and see what type of money he can get outside the UFC. I think – um, it's it's a trend that you see with a lot of these fighters at certain management groups where they're like they'll fight out their contract and they'll go where they're going to give them the most money, right? And I think Derek Lewis is going to probably end up doing that. I think he's going to end up going somewhere, and this could be the last time we see Derek Lewis in in Venom or Reebok or whatever because Derek Lewis wants to go box. Maybe one boxing match he's been offered on the undercard of. Uh, of uh Fra- Francis, Francis and and, and uh, what's his name Fury Tommy Fury, which I I, 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 yeah. I don't think that fight happens. I think Fury pulls out. Um, That's but, a uh, for Fury. It is, but it's, I, but it's also a risk too. You know what I mean? And that could be something that possibly could happen. Um, and but the thing is, like Derek Lewis has options, man. He's he's actually going yeah. free agent at the perfect time, especially yeah. off a win. When people are getting money from free agency, yeah, where people actually are getting money elsewhere, he could see that. I mean, that's the great thing about Derek Lewis, right? Back against the wall, last fight of your contract. This wasn't just he ended the losing streak. He's back on the win. He ended his contract on a win. Like, this could be a 2 to $5 million victory that he just had mm-hmm. because of what's next. He could have – losing this fight and winning this fight could have been the difference of your next payday being $4 million and 150000 like that's what he just did in that fight. huge difference, dude. Huge difference, yeah. and he's probably already a rich man. But yeah. the thing is, like, what's better than money? More money. Mm-hmm. That's what they say, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. Derek Lewis, go out there and hit free agency. If it's the last time we've seen in the UFC, all good, man. You've done good you've done your part. Good. For I mean, he was an elite level star. In- <laughs> <laughs> he's a legend. Everybody's a legend. Everybody's a legend, John. Everybody's a legend. He's an elite level star. Man. I'm just gonna put put it out there. For sure. Elite level. Sure. Like, uh, there's tears, right? Come on, we gotta put tears. Like icon, elite, uh, legend, legend, elite level star. You know what I mean? Like star. You know, we gotta. I think we're gonna make a grade. Yeah. For, but we start. We, we'll we'll start with a star, right? And then elite level star. You know, because right now, like Patty Pimble is a star. Right, we could put him in there, right? Like you put him in there as a star. Sean O'Malley, he's a star. 
right? We could put him in there as a star. Like the power people, of the UK. Yeah. Like Patty yeah, Pimblet is a star the way the way Sean O'Malley is a star, and Patty Pimblet, like nobody thinks he could be a champion. Like no one thinks he could even. Yeah, fight but he's a star though, title, right? He's yeah, yeah. Star. Popularity is is what is the, what the name of the game, yeah, right? Entertainment. So. We're in the entertainment business, man. It's not just a fight business. You could be skilled as a um, let's say you could be as skilled as let's say a Jim Miller, right? And the right matchups could get you the title. Even with the Jim Miller, right? It's all about matchups, right? In fighting, yeah. and uh, and I could say the same thing for Patty Piplet. The right matchups could Man, get him into the title fight. What matchups? What right I'm matchups? Just, I'm just saying, like that's that could be a possibility, right? And, and you never know with Patty Piplet. The UFC might just be like, oh, this is a waste of time. You know, let's yeah. let's 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 have him fight out his contract and have him go to PFL, and they could deal with the madness. Because yeah, he's not going to be forget, a top the 50. UFC, the UFC hasn't really invested. They haven't invested <laughs> anything in Patty Pimblett. Like, they're not giving him some crazy contract. They didn't no. give him some upfront money. He's not signed. There's no guaranteed deals in the UFC. Like, they're not invested in him. At any point, they feel like it's not going to work. They hit that eject button and see you later, pal. Like, they do not care. Well, Gotta he's win. doing a good job of utilizing his time in the UFC as well. Like, sure. he knows this is the time I need to get gain my popularity because I might not be with the UFC forever. And that's, that's just the truth. Right. So here we go, man. Um, but anyways, Derek Lewis, you know, sayonara if, if he's not going to be in the UFC anymore, but we'll see him fight again. Uh, people are going to be tuning in Bobby green. You know what I mean? Is there, is there a strain of a, of a cannabis named after Bobby green? Cause there's gotta be, it's gotta right. Be. There's gotta be, somebody has to take advantage of that. Bobby green. That's the name right there. You don't even have to, you don't have to like put anything, add anything to it. Just be like, oh, you got that Bobby Green? Smoking on that you know Bobby mean? Green. That, you know, that funky, put your <laughs> head, you know, put you to sleep. That funky put you to sleep. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what, that's what Bobby Green got. Tony Ferguson looked actually not that bad against Bobby Green. But I think a lot of dudes look good against Bobby Green. Either they, and they always do because he allows them to kind of stay in fights. That's what Bobby Green's so dangerous, he's silly, right? Bro. He's silly. Yeah. <laughs> he's, 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 a, he's a unique character, man. Like, he, Bobby Green's not even a star. He's just like, like he's right there at star. Like, he's, he's gonna, something. he could. He, but he's, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, what he's he not he's a star. Something. He's something. Well, what, <laughs> what, would you, what would you call right below a star? Like, somebody that's. Man, below uh, star, <laughs> he's just an entertainer. Like, there's no yeah. other way to explain Bobby Green. He's just an entertainer, man. He's entertaining to listen to, he's entertaining to watch fight. But yeah, it's just entertaining. He's just an entertainer all around. I love that he's embracing that he's the Tupac of MMA. Like, I love yeah. that he's embracing this. This it, it's it's become more apparent in the last couple of fights, right? Like, he's he's really. <laughs> That you know his jewelry. He's he's his jewelry jewelry game has hit like ten times. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 sick with it, right? Like yeah. if that's real, you know he's he's in more danger than a rapper on the street, right? Like you better be I, careful. I don't think it is, bro. I don't <laughs> think it is, man. I don't think it's real. Man. And it's okay. It doesn't gotta be. It doesn't are you gonna, be real. Are you going to go to the show with the diamond checker? Are you going to yeah, go with the bro, show? I promise you, if somebody, if he, those videos that you said. That's a good video out, to make. Bro, yeah, I mean, you've seen those videos, right, where dudes walk up and they're like, yo, let me check your diamonds. Like, if they're real, I'll get That is a good TikTok video to make. Yeah, if they always have If you go up to fighters, 
Because f- fighters oh, usually have Bobby jewelry. Bobby run. I'm telling you, if you go up to Bobby Green with that, he out of there. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby turn your neck, turn your neck green. Bobby turn your neck green. You know? <laughs> turn your neck green, bro. Those are not real. <laughs> but man, it looks hey, it looks nice. It looks nice. You're an entertainer, it? man. It's cool. It's all good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't got to be real. Because I don't think I, like I would it. walk around. Because I was about to buy, like, a fat chain. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy a fat chain. I would just wear it. But you become a target. Like, it's just Pretty to a regular bad, person yeah, sure. that's just, like, having a bad day. And they lost their job. And they need to feed their kids. And they see you walk around with a fat-ass gold necklace. And it could be real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why not? Why not yes. snatch it off the neck? If you buy the necklace, you might as well buy the gun. <laughs> like, exactly. We got to buy both. Yeah, I didn't. Like, I didn't think about that until my wife started telling me, like, you know, you know, you become a target, right? Like, you're wearing fat necklaces and, you know, jewelry and stuff. Like, that's a target. Like, you don't want to become a target in the wrong place. And I'm like, yeah. that's kind of true. So I'll just buy yeah. the fake ones. You know, because, like, online, they sell fake jewelry. Like, it's Yo, how mad would somebody be if they went and robbed Bobby Green and they find <laughs> out it's fake? And they did it. <laughs> They did a TikTok of like you know, how fake it was. That shit is. They steal it. They go to a pawn shop or something. This shit is Dude. worth forty six dollars and fifty cents. They, they do the vlog. They do the vlog of the pop pawn shop. It's like yo, this shit is. This shit is garbage. This is is garbage. Like fugazi. Like you got the fugazi. Shout out on. Bobby Green, man. Shout but out hey, Green. but he's like his image is is flawless though. I love the image. A incredible finish. Like didn't expect Bobby Brown third round submission win, but yep. he got it. It is almost time. like, you know, it's almost like he like ran out of things to do, and he's just like, man, this is like one of the last things I'm gonna do. So let me try this, right? It almost seemed yeah. like that because I know he wanted that knockout. Yeah, like, that's something that he wanted, right? But For he sure. just wasn't gonna get it. So everybody's like, imagine how many dudes were screaming at the TV, like, get up, because they wanted the knockout prop for Bobby Green. <laughs> Dude, don't you yeah. fucking tap. Don't you go out. Get up, motherfucker. Get up. I hope he just loses it. Just ground and pounds him or something. Dude. Yeah, you got can't do it. But yeah, tough for Tony. Tough for Tony. I don't know. Yeah. Man, I didn't want to see Tony in this fight. And I'm not going to sit here and say Tony looked bad. He didn't look bad. I mean, like Bobby Green didn't really start getting it going until the second round. Like, if you notice, Bobby always talks. He talks a lot. He styles on you. He'll start showboating on you. And he didn't do that in the first round because Tony was catching him. It wasn't until the second yeah. round where he started figuring it out. Then Bobby started talking shit. Then Bobby started dancing and pointing at him and all that talk after he started getting his rhythm and getting going. But for Tony, man, it's just it's just so sad to watch. Like, not just him losing because, again, it's not like this wasn't the Gaethje fight where I was just, like, scared for Tony's life in there. But – Man, there was just a point in time where we looked at Tony Ferguson and he was the boogeyman. People didn't want to fight him. People tried to avoid him. There would be the remember the before and after pictures they would always post on Tony Ferguson. Like this is before they fought Tony and after they fought yeah. Tony, he would just bust people up. They'd be bleeding all over. And now if you do that, they're all untouched. Like Bobby Green comes out clean, Darius comes out clean, Charles comes out clean. Like they don't even look like they've been in a fight with Tony. And it's that was like, the opposite. Man, now they're the putting up Tony's face for every fight. <laughs> exactly, know? man. Exactly. Michael Chandler, what he did to him. Like, it's just a sad road when you see somebody who was at that level. Like, don't get it wrong. Tony can still win fights at 155. 
for sure. There's still fights that he can win against which caliber guys is a complete different story. But if he wants to continue fighting, there's no you could give him a, a Clay Guida and he could win that fight. That's a winnable fight for him. But from what Tony was, the way he looks at himself, this is a guy that said five fights in the title before yesterday. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy who in his mind, he's still the same Tony. And that's what worries me about him is he's not going to want to fight these other guys. Like, or he's not going to think of himself as, yeah, I'll just have these cool fights and then I'll be done. In his mind, he's going to keep pushing it until he can't anymore. And if I'm the UFC, man, you got to really start thinking about somebody's health and longevity and what their life looks like after fighting. I could see a situation where the UFC pulls the plug on them and it's like, hey, if you're going to keep doing this, Chuck Liddell, if you remember, where Dana's like, I have so much love and stuff for him, I'm not going to let him do this on my watch. Like, if he's going to do it somewhere else, he hates uh, uh, Golden Boy, he hates, you know, Oscar De La Hoya for putting on that fight with uh, the Tito Ortiz and, and Chuck Liddell fight. Like, He's going to have to, they're going to have to see Tony go and tarnish the rest of his years and hurt himself somewhere else. I doubt that the UFC is going to let Tony keep losing in the UFC at some point. And the thing is with Tony is like, this one was still competitive enough that you can give him one more. Like this one was still, Tony looked good enough that you can give him another fight. But man, it's just not the same. Like we just we remember Tony as a guy that would inflict so much damage on his opponent, and it just seems like those days are gone. And it's sad to see. Yeah, those days are definitely gone. You know, he can. The thing is, like, he's not the elite level fighter that we're used to anymore. He's yeah. his his moves that he had, he's known for are not working anymore, right? And yeah. that's what that's the game. You know, what I mean, the the game passes you up. And people start to figure you out. And, uh, and you know, what Tony has been coaching himself, it seemed like, for the past, I don't even know how many years. And that stuff doesn't help you at all. Did you see him he's wrapping his own hands? He's always changing, hands? He's always changing his coaching staff, dude. Like, he's, when, when these coaches are saying in the, in the pre-fight, in the embedded, like, oh, Tony hasn't looked this good. And how long have you been with Tony? Like, <laughs> He always switches coaches. Like, yeah. what do you mean he hasn't looked this good since whatever? It's like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, Tony. It all depends, man. They might do a, a Sam Alvey on his ass. They might do a BJ Penn. They just let him fight until his contract's over. Who knows? Um, has he earned that? I think he's earned that. But uh, should he be fighting against like guys like Bobby Green? No. And the thing is, like then. If he fights against a guy that's like a prospect, then you're like, oh, it's Tony Ferguson. Then you argue against him fighting against guys that are lower in skill or should be lower in skill. So what's the what's the argument? Is it Tony, you know, should, he should reti- retire? It should should he be able to f- continue fighting but against lower competition, which you're not used to again? You're not used yeah. to? You know, like, what is the answer? There is no answer. The answer is whatever Tony wants to do that he's going to do. Right, and that's what it is. I'd offer Tony a fight. There's a fight I would give Tony. We just talked about him, Patty Pimblett. Yeah, that would be a good fight. Patty like, needs somebody. Like he needs a winnable name. I don't know if there is a more winnable name than Tony. But at the same time, like going into that fight, I don't know if I wouldn't pick Tony. This might be the first time in five fights that I would pick Tony going into a fight if it was against Patty. Without a doubt. It's uh yeah, it's an inter- I think that should be something that Patty Pimblett should be, you know, 
trying to go after behind the scenes, not like publicly, but behind yeah. the scenes, you should be like, yeah, I would return and I would return against Tony Ferguson. Uh, that would be a good fight. That would, it would boost his name. You know what I mean? Even though Tony is not who he is, but Bro, still. What if Taddy's the one dude that snaps yeah. the six fight losing streak and Tony yeah. goes and knocks him out? Like, yo, that's that, it. That, that would be the, that would be the eject button that the UFC hits on Patty Pimbley. Like, bro, you get knocked out by Tony Ferguson. He hasn't won a fight in seven tries. Like, yeah, you, this, this isn't for you. Bobby Green, man, I don't think people pay enough respect to him. He's, he debuted in the UFC in 2013. This is in like 10 years for him. And he, he started off on a four-fight win streak. Did you know that? Crazy. Yeah, he like, was hot. There was a time where yeah. people really thought Bobby Green he, was he finished, he finished James Krause in the first round with a, with a kick in, in that year, 2013. It's crazy, right? He, he has a long list. But the thing is, he has not faced Jim Miller yet at all throughout the whole time. I think that's the fight we should we should make. Why do we just want Jim Miller to fight? I don't know, but it's just that's what it is. Let's put Jim Miller in there against Bobby Green. Tony Ferguson against uh, Patty the Batty Pimblet. I don't like that idea. I like that idea, actually, a lot. It's, uh, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because you know Patty's not going to fight Taporia. He's not going to fight uh these other like top guys so let's just put them in against a uh, former champ in tony ferguson in the uk why not let's give tony ferguson one more one more chance um next fight i picked uh kevin holland to win this one because michael kiesa has not looked like an elite level fighter in his last couple of fights he just i don't know if it's the 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 commentating gigs or the stuff outside the 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 cage that's affecting him but he just hasn't looked good and kevin holland looked like an elite level fighter like kevin holland's a star right now right you could put him in that star category but to get to that elite star level he showed that in this fight i think what'd you think of it yeah no i agree i mean the the talk going in was kevin holland as a as a defensive wrestler like, can he stay on his feet? Because it just doesn't look like it. And if everybody wants to take credit away from him for the Hamza fight, where Hamza ragdolled him, like, who cares? He's He fights at 170. Hamza doesn't anymore. So, like, we could just watch that fight out. It was a fight that he was never supposed to have. He was a company man, took it for the company, kept his card alive, and took the Hamza fight and got ragdolled by a dude that I don't think is going to fight at 170 anymore. So who cares about that fight? Let's just pretend that one didn't happen. And, yeah, Kevin looked amazing. He looked sharp. I knew he was going to have the advantage when it comes to striking. You know, Kies has never been known as a striker. Kevin Holland is known as one of the better strikers uh, in that weight class. So I thought he was going to have the advantage. But to be honest with you, going into the fight, I thought Kies was going to be able to take him down, hold him down, do enough. I didn't think he was going to be able to submit Kevin because Kevin's just – he's a black belt in his own right. Like Kevin's jiu-jitsu is actually pretty good. It's just defensive wrestling is where Kevin Holland's always struggled. But at 185. You know, all the guys that would take him down and hold him down, like that's Derek Brunson, Vittori, mm. guys at 185. At 170, it becomes a little bit a little bit different for him. And, yeah, man, I, he, he looked sharp. He looked great. The takedowns were good. And I don't want to talk negatively about Kiesa's performance because I want to talk highly about Holland's, but I'd be doing a disservice. Like, Kiesa looked pretty bad. His reactions – were so big 
overreacting to everything Holland was doing. I mean, almost ready to just to duck down and get into turtle every time Holland would flinch at him. It was weird to see. And I usually don't like to put any stock into what Sean Strickland says. But one thing that was interesting was a tweet that Strickland had after the fight and was like, this is why I always give Kies a shit for not sparring. He doesn't spar. And I always tell him you need to spar if you're trying to fight. So I'm like, yo, for someone to have this long of a layoff, and if that's true, where he's not sparring during the layoff, yeah, no wonder his timing looked weird. His reactions looked weird. Like, if you're not sparring and you have that long of a layoff, man, it's not going to look good for you. No, definitely not. Um, especially at at that level, it's uh, it's pretty crazy that he doesn't spar, right? But then, you know, there's guys that have success that don't spar at all. You know what I mean? Cerrone was on his run for a while without sparring, but he was fighting they're active. Often. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're active. Like, that. that's the biggest difference. I think if you're going to take a long layoff, you have to be sparring. Like, Max doesn't spar, but Max is active as hell. I think he's already – I think he spars again, though. Like, I don't, I don't think – or at least during training camp, like once they enter. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird with outside. sparring because some fighters, they say that they don't spar, but then you go to the gym and they're sparring. <laughs> they're just like, okay. I think it's like, just like what, hard uh, rounds. Yeah. They, yeah might, they might mean it as like, I don't do hard sparring. Or some just don't spar outside of training camp. So that's what they mean by I don't spar, where all of them are just like, yeah, sparring during training camp, of course, has to happen. But when I say I don't spar, it means outside of camp. Like Sean O'Malley, I know, doesn't spar outside of training camp. He only spars when he's in a training camp. Well, at welterweight, he hasn't lost, except for to Thompson. And I think that fight, that was a – I think he could have won that fight. Dude, <laughs> you talk about, like, what is somebody doing? I've never yeah. seen anybody just give up top position before because, it, like, he just had some non-written agreement with the guy that he wasn't going to stay on top and he was just going to stand up and play into the hands of the other fighter. That one was – yeah, Man. fighters in their verbal agreements, it usually means nothing, right? But then sometimes some fighters, they like, all right, let's let's do it that way. And yeah. uh, to be honest, if if he would have won that fight, because I thought he could have won it, then he would have had a win over Thompson, and he would be on a three-fight win streak against, like, pretty much two guys that were ranked and one guy that was ranked, right? So yeah. um, Chiesa, Ponzinibbio, he finished Chiesa, finished Ponzinibbio, and he lost – uh, because of uh, an injury, right, in, in the Thompson fight. Um, Kevin Hall is a terror, man. Like, I think at welterweight, he was putting the pressure on him. You know, he was putting the pressure on Kiesa. Kiesa couldn't do shit. Like, literally, he shut down everything. Nothing. Nothing. And Kiesa, I think Kiesa has reached his peak, probably, because if he's, if he's not, like, a 1,000% into the fighting and just the fighting at this point in his career, um, it's hard to kind of – stay at a certain level right and and maintain like your skill set and and improve you know here and there in little tweaks because your mind is not all in the fight it's like you got different things going on um but who knows man who knows what kiesa can do but he's not a young buck either man i think kiesa is what he's 35 years old at welterweight you know it's that's and his cuts are hard yeah i'm making welterweight and uh and you got you got a, you got a Bob. Uh, what is it, Kevin Holland? That is uh, thirty years old, and he's looking like he's the best version of Kevin Holland we've ever seen. They need to shoot him up the rankings real fast. I think his next fight, uh, right now, what was his name? Who did he just beat? Kiesa was number twelve, and 
He'll probably be top ten. He's yeah. He'll he'll be top ten for sure. Um, I think they should book him against like um, not Jeff Neal yet. Not Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal's already booked against uh, uh what's his name? Uh, Machado. Ian Machado's Gary. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I forget what the T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're right. Uh, I think Sean he Brady should fight somebody that's. I think he should have a fight against someone that's coming off a loss. Um. Maybe they maybe they should wait until the the outcome of uh, Luke versus RDA, see who wins that one, see what, what we can do with that. Um, but yeah, man, if if they throw him against like even a Gilbert Burns, that'll be an interesting fight. To be honest with you, I mean that, and also I would like I would love if Ian Gary were to win, and you do Ian Gary and Kevin Holland, that'd be a, a fight sick well. fight, yeah. man. That is a great fight. Um. Yeah, so like Kevin Holland, man, he impressed. I think he was one of the most impressive guys of the night, to be honest with you. I think he's he impressed by showing something different and and, and showing like a sense of urgency against Kiesa and got him out of there real quick. I enjoy Kevin Holland. Um, I know a lot of the stuff that he does is for the cameras, but uh, but some of the stuff is funny, right? Not everything's going to be funny. Like comedians are not funny 100% of the time. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, you got to pick and choose. It's like Sean Strickland. Some of the shit he says is funny. Some of it's not. It's psych comedy. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and some, most of the time, these guys are just they're just putting on an act because that's what makes headlines. You know? That's what riles people up. And to garner attention while you're not fighting, that's what you need to do. And you see a lot of fighters perfecting that. And then when mm-hmm. it's time for them to fight, then it's like, whoa. You know, there's, he built up some hype for himself. Right, that's an approach you can take, or you could take the Derek Lewis approach. Don't have any kind of media or nothing going on until it's like fight week, and then people are missing you. Right? It's I guess you got to find your balance. But uh, yeah. yeah, Kevin Holland knows what he's doing, and all he needs to do is now is just to win fights. That's it. Win fights. Yep. Do your thing. Um, prelims, oh, man. I'm, you had please, uh, Kevin Holland. Please do not take anything short notice. Don't be the backup fighter for anything crazy. Like, you've done that already. You've already thrown enough bones. You've already been the company man to UFC. Now is the time at 30 years old to be, to put the best things forward for yourself, to make the best decision that benefits your career. So, please, no more, like, short notice. All right, I guess I'll fight Shafkot on three days' notice. Like, don't do that, please, for the love of God. Well, I think that's yeah, that's important to remember is that he needs to stop doing that short notice shit because that's not going to help him, especially when you want to have some momentum mm-hmm. uh, in the UFC. Um, there were some some interesting fights on the prelims, uh, a couple of standout performances, of course. Uh, Gabriel uh, or Gabriel Bonfine extends yeah. his uh, undefeated record with a with a big win against uh, Trevin Giles you had CJ Vergara with a unanimous decision over Vinicius Salvatore head kick KO for Roman Kapalov over uh, Claudio Hibero Jake Matthews with the RNC uh, finish over Darius Flowers that was a weird fight um Eros <laughs> Medic with a spinning back fist to to ground strikes against uh Matthews Semmelsberger and then the arm bar victory for Miranda Maverick over Zombie Girl. Which one was uh, your standout of the prelims? Man, there's a lot of good ones, but I would probably say Jake Matthews. Uh, weird fight. Definitely a weird fight. Uh, overall, you know, the dude took it on short notice. 
But God, I just love watching Jake Matthews fight. Like I, I think I forget that he's still young. Like he's been in the UFC for so long. He's had so many fights that you just assume that he's like mid thirties, and you find out that he's not even in his thirties yet. And you're like, yo, that's crazy. Like this is a guy that could be starting to hit his peak, hit his prime now. Like he's he looked good. I'm he looks great when he's striking. He's slipping and countering. Like Jake Matthews is a fun dude to watch. And I figured he was gonna piece this dude up. I picked him in the app. I think I picked him second round KO. Like the dude's just fun to watch when he starts getting going. He's able to let the hands go and rip shots to the body. Those like left to the body right upstairs. Like he's just a fun dude to watch. And I felt bad for Buddy that went in there. Like you can kind of see, you know, there's points in the fight where you're like, oh, I don't, I don't think this dude wants to be in there anymore. But shout out to him. He came out like a bat out of hell in the first round. He knew he had one good round to try to do some damage and pull off the upset. And then once it didn't go well, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, man. Um, Jake Matthews, yeah. he's. It's just, will he get the matchups to take him to the next level? Because it seems like he's just been fighting prospects for his whole career, right? Yeah. Um, if you look at his record, he has he has 18 fights in the UFC, and he's, he's only 28, which is, mm-hmm. that's crazy right there. Um, yeah, so he's had his chances, you know. He, he took on Sean Brady. And, and lost in the third round, but he's beaten some some names. There's some of them maybe out the door, yeah. but they, he's he's beaten some names and he's lost to some names. He's he'll get on streaks like three fights and then he'll lose. You know he fought Kevin Lee way back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fought he beat uh, the Leech, and uh, but is in recent you know recent outings. You know, it's been toss-ups, but that's his fighting style, man. It's exciting. You know what I mean? But there has to be something that has to evolve or elevate, right, to become the next level, which is the star status, (laughs) right? Right. I'm going to make a categories, right? Yeah, you got to pull them out. Legends. uh, What was it? Superstar. Yeah, star, superstar, and then there's star, right? What's underneath star? Journeyman, prospect. I don't know. Journeyman, I just, prospect. Meh. I, I, maybe I'll I'll get. I, maybe I won't even make one underneath star. Right. No. No downgrading people. Like you know, I, I want to keep you people. Want to be disrespectful. Right? Yeah, I don't want to be disrespectful. So like Jake Matthews, he's on the verge, but he needs the right matchups. Right. He needs the the performances, sure. and he he can become one of those. Kapalov is the same. He's a young guy, has extreme talent. Head kick knockout. Bonfim as well. Bonfim, if he can do something for for that welterweight division for the Brazilians. Uh, there's a still there's a few Brazilians, but Bonfim, welterweight, he seems like he's a monster, dude. Um, kind of reminds me of like a Roman Dolize, but for welterweight, just a big tank of a man. A big and, tank that's pulling guard, you know, jumping guillotines. Yeah, like this. Yeah. he's unique. He's a unique finisher. He's, he's insane. Um, Man, it was a fun card to watch, to be honest with you. What do you think of uh, the zombie girl, like, gouging eyes out again? Like, it's not like it's her first time she's been doing this. I, man, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, that's that's something that I don't think sits right with a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of people were just, like, really rooting for her to lose because of the issue yeah. with the eye gouging before. Like, it's just it's some shit that you can't tolerate if you're the UFC. I mean, that's the situation where the UFC might be like, yo, we're better off just letting this girl go. Like, to be honest with you. And 
shout out to Miranda Maverick. She needed this one bad. Like she really needed to get this win and she did it in an impressive fashion. But for Kashueta, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, how many times are you gonna see her, you know, do these these crazy fouls, these crazy offenses before things really take a change or before you go ahead and cut her? It's one thing if she's undefeated and beating everybody and you're like, yo. We don't really know what to do with her. She's doing this shit, but she's also really, really good. Like, if she's losing and doing these things, it ain't going to take long before the UFC just goes ahead and gets rid of her. Yeah, it's, those things don't don't sit too well with uh, – especially if you go to the PI and everybody hates you. Yeah. You don't want to go to your company, you know, and, and everybody's looking at you with a side eye. That's like the the beginnings of – a of a separation between you and a company, yeah, right? You're not sure. getting along with people. But yeah, I think that, you know, you could, in one fight, you could say, oh, she was panicking. You know, that's what you do when you panic. You do things that are uncharacteristic. But then if you do it multiple times, it's like, oh, come on. You know, yeah. like what kind of, you know, what kind of rules are you playing by? And she grabbed the fence a bunch of times, I guess, right? Yeah, um, yeah. and then she fake tapped. Like, I don't know if people yeah. are really giving too much thought into it. Like, she legit fake tap. She gave one of these, and then the ref let it go, and then she was like, all right, I'll tap now. <laughs> well, I'm like, nah, bro, that was a fake. You were hoping she would let off yeah. and gave a little fake tap. It's a uh, – yeah, it was a, it was a weird fight. And it was the only woman's fight on the card, too, and it just started everything off kind of crazy. But, yeah, Miranda Maverick definitely needed the win. Uh, I look at Miranda Maverick as a, a fighter that has – under underwhelmed you know what i mean because it seems like she's always like in the headline somehow right but yeah i expected more from her and it's just you know beating priscilla girl or zombie girl whatever Priscilla, girl. but i like it but uh but miranda maverick like the people that she's faced and lost to it's just like those you shouldn't lose to those people like you should have been she was supposed to be the aaron blanchfield she was supposed to be Aaron Blanchfield, basically. She fought Aaron Blanchfield. That's the problem with her. Is like yeah. they, I think with her was just not necessarily too much too soon, but like we didn't know the the level of the girls that she faced. When she fought Aaron Blanchfield, it was like we have to see which one is the legit prospect. And it was Aaron. When she fought Macy Barber, like you can see it was such a close Same fight. Thing. A lot of people thought she beat Macy. A lot of people thought she got robbed against Macy. Like the one fight that she shouldn't have lost was the other one. What was the other? If you have her her record up, there was one. Yeah, it was Blanchfield uh, and Macy. I mean, yeah. I mean, even her. Right, she was talking about like her retina, her detached retina. Like she wasn't. Yeah. She was just like fucking in safety mode the whole fight. But that was the one. That was the one where I'm like, that's the one I expect you to beat. Because Aaron Blanchfield, like I can't take credit away from you. She's she's one fight away from a title shot. A lot of people think Aaron Blanchfield will become a champion. A lot of people feel like Macy Barber has the potential to become a champion at her age, like later on down her career. So for me, like for Miranda Maverick, this was the one. Like if you struggled in this fight, even if she won, but she was in a dog fight and she barely pulled out a decision victory. I would have been like, yeah, I'm I'm out on Miranda Maverick. But the fact that she dominated, she needed to dominate, she did. I still think there's there's a case for her for her to make a run. It's just unfortunate. She, like she unfortunately got two girls who we can see fight for a title pretty soon, and like that's who she lost to. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. She's still she's still kind of young though. She's 26. She already has eight fights in the UFC. They're gonna keep her around. She's gonna be around for a while. So don't sure. feel like 
fans, if you think, oh, Brandon Maverick's not going to lie. No, she's going to be around for a while. She's 26. And she she looked like she's getting better, but I don't know where she would – I don't know where she would take her game to the next level to where she becomes like a major threat in that division. I just don't see it right now. And maybe it won't come out until a few fights from now. I have no idea. But right now, she's not a – She's not a top 15 level fighter, to be honest with you. Is she ranked? Uh, no, I don't believe she was. But, I mean, also, we've seen girls surprise us before in the past, right? Like, we, we noticed the same thing with um, with somebody like Erin Blanchfield, where it was, oh, she's great in terms of grappling. If she gets you to the ground, like, yeah, she could beat a Molly McCann. She could, you know, submit Molly. But what happens when she fights a Jessica Andrade or somebody like that? And then she comes out, and it's like, holy shit, we did not know Aaron Blanchfield was this aggressive and this good on the feet. Like, we did not expect that at all. Like, that's the performance she would have to give us. It's one of those where she starts hitting girls where you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know she had this. We knew she was a great wrestler. We knew she has a good ground game. We didn't know she was going to come out. Macy Barber, the same thing. She, Everyone's like, Macy's boring. We don't really like her. Then all of a sudden, she gets a couple of fights in her bout where she's, like, really going toe-to-toe, trading strikes, landing big shots, gets a stoppage, and now everyone's like, Oh, yeah, Macy Barber is actually really good. We are excited. So the female division is kind of weird, man. It kind of works that way. Uh, the other one I could think of is oh, – what's her name? Brazilian submission so, – Mackenzie Dern. Okay. Mackenzie Dern's another one where it's like, yeah, if she gets you on the ground, but, like, she can't stand and trade with anybody. And then all of a sudden her last fight, you're like, yo, where the fuck did this come from? Mackenzie, like, when did you start moving forward throwing bombs at people? Like, we – where was that this whole time? Like, she could have that next. Again, she's 26. A lot of these women at the top of the division are in their 30s. They're going to start filtering out, and you need the fresh crop. She's one of the fresh crop. I think she's going to win a title or something. I don't know. But she's going to be around for a while. The, the the thing that I look at is, you know, when, when Mackenzie was, you know, on her rise, right? She wins, she loses. But she was always on the rise, right? She was always fighting the next best thing for yeah. her to like move back up, right? Which is, uh, says something about her as a fighter, right? To to go after it so hard. Um, and with, with Mackenzie, she kind of made these big changes as well, like notable changes where she's working with Jason Perillo and kind of having her fag camp based out of Ruka. And then she has selected coaches that come in. Her and body th- shit, very different yeah, tone. Exactly, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and especially the, the striking with Jason Perillo. Yeah. And I think we're just waiting for that to happen. With with Miranda, we don't know like like we don't no, know in detail right. like what she's working on. You know what I mean? Like because Mackenzie's been so open about like yeah, I'm working on my striking and my wrestling so I get it better. So I'm like elevating to a certain level against these like high level girls. Miranda Maverick, I don't know like where she would elevate. Right? Like she's good. It seems like in everywhere, it's just bad decision making in fights, though. Like fight IQ wise, some of these fights she's made some big mistakes and and cost her the fight. Um, and it could be due to injury. I have no idea, but she's made a lot of in fight mistakes that you could rewind and watch again and again and again and kind of see like why she hasn't beaten some of these girls. Yeah. But the thing is, with Mackenzie, we saw the striking, her working on it, and you know that she had a little bit of power because she's shown it in previous fights. And then, like, technique, she has to polish that up, right? And she showed that, like, a, an improvement in the last one. Yeah. Miranda Maverick, I don't know if I can say the same thing. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to, like, crush Miranda Maverick, but I'm just saying, like, you know, 
beating Zombie Girl, I think 80% of the roster can do that. Does it move the needle for you? No, that's fair. It doesn't. That's fair. It doesn't. And in short notice, that's fine. You know, when she's injured, that's fine. So hopefully her next fight, she has a full camp. She has no injuries. And she can go in there and become her full self, right? If she does, she could beat a lot of these girls. But the thing is, can she do that? And can she show a different layer in her skill set? We don't know. But uh, we will see. We will definitely see. Um, yeah, it was an incredible event. You know, um, I really enjoyed watching this event. And it was over, and I was just like, oh, shit, it's over. Like, it was like, it, it, it in a good way. You know, it's like, oh, shit, it's over. Um, we got some good fights. I think the reason why I felt that way is because the co-main event between Pereira and, uh, and Blahovich was kind of like the break fight. You know, like, it was just like a little bit slower, calmer. Because yeah. before that, we had Derek Lewis taking his pants off. And then, you know, before that, you know, the arm triangle, before that, the darts choke, you know, it was just like all these personalities and like styles clashing. And then you get to the Pereira and just like kind of slowed it down. And you get to Gaethje and, and uh, Poirier and you're just like, oh, shit, this is going to be a car crash. And yeah. then it ends all of a sudden and you're like, Fuck. all right. So it's all night. good. Yeah, it was a great night. Salt Lake City always gets good events. I, if I was a city, I would be jealous, right? Like if you're a UFC city, and they're not putting on shows with like this caliber. It's like wire, but money talks, baby. Money talks. And, and show out. You. If you're one of the other cities, show out, man. Salt Lake showed yeah. out. The Miranda Maverick fight. People were in this in the chairs. They were in their seats, chanting USA, USA uh, for the Miranda Maverick fight. That's the first fight on the card, and you're hearing chants. You're hearing the crowd go crazy. You're hearing a pop, like. If you're, a, if you're a city that doesn't get a whole lot of UFC events and you want good events, be like Salt Lake City, man, and show out when it comes to your town. Like, they were there early, dude, early. Good for them. For sure. That's great for them. And next week, what do we got next week? Let me see next week's card. We have UFC Fight Night. Uh, oh, Fight Night Sanhagen versus Font. Mm -hmm. This is a pretty good card, to be honest with you. You got... Sanhagen Font main event, Jessica Andrade versus Tatiana Suarez in the mm -hmm. main event. What? That's a great fight. Um, a few good ones. Jacoby, Jacoby versus uh, uh, what is it? Inzuque, Inzuque. Wow. Um, that's sure. that's actually going to be a tripped out fight right there. There's some tall dudes right there. Um, Tanner Bozer versus Alexa Kammer. Tanner Bozer, they're giving him his last fight. Well, yep. it could be. Uh, Billy Q versus Damon Jackson. Mm -hmm. Ronio uh, Ronio Barcelos versus Kyler Murphy or Kyler Phillips. Kyler Murphy. Kyler Murphy. Uh, Jeremiah Wells is back with Carlton uh, Harris. Uh, Jake Hadley versus Cody Durden. That should be a good fight. Yeah. Um, some solid fights, man. The week after that, you go back to the Apex, and you got Vicente Luque versus RDA and, mm -hmm. and Cub Swanson on that card as well. And then you got your boy coming up, O'Malley versus Sterling, 292, August 19th. Let's go, baby. Oh, one thing go. for the next card that com is coming up, man, a couple pullouts. Did you have any more information on what happened with their with the Nermaga Madoffs? Because they both pulled out. Like, they were both on the card, and they both ended up pulling out. Like, could at it, first I thought it, maybe it was an injury, but then I was like, it's weird for both of them to pull out of the same Could fight. it be visa issues? That's what I was thinking. Because I didn't yeah. hear anything. You know what I mean? Usually when you don't hear anything, there's something like outside of their control. 
well, you never know because you know they're they're known to pull out. Yeah, that's what I'm One saying. One thing about these guys, they never take short notice fights. So whenever they say, "Oh, I'll take a short notice fight," you could just take it with a grain of salt because that never happens. And then they pull out because they really need to pull out. Like they're not going to be. They know, like they track themselves. You know, they're there. It's a science to them. You know, a lot of these camps yeah. are science, right? Based. So they're like, "Oh shit, you're not going to make it. This injury is affecting you too much. Pull out of the fight." Weight issues. A lot of it's like. This Wait issues. This is gonna be a tough wake up. Let's just go ahead and pull out. But yeah, I just thought it was weird because at first I was like, all right, maybe a weight issue, maybe an injury. When I heard uh, Umar was pulling out, but then when I saw what what is it, Saeed or whatever his name is, when I saw him pull out too, I was like, that's weird. Why would they both pull out of the fight? Like, would yeah, they both get hurt? Like <laughs> together? Yeah, like, each other. <laughs> they both just double KO'd each other. Like they got pull exactly. out. Exactly. Yeah, I That'd don't know. A video. That that's the video I want to see. Um, well, uh, yeah, we'll get back on the horse, these interviews, more interviews coming this week. Uh, I got a bunch for, for next week's card. Who did I interview for next week's card? I interviewed Dustin Jacoby, uh, Alexa Kammer, uh, Billy Q, Damon Jackson, uh, and O'Day Osborne. So I interviewed a little few, a little few. Shout out Ode. Ode's been in the spaces before. Uh, Kyler Phillips has been in the spaces before, so I'm always rocking with them, man. When they when they they stop by, so it's up to us. So there shout out go. those guys for sure. And Kyler, you know me, man. I'm rocking with that whole crew. The, the Sugar Sean, the Kyler Phillips, the Marcus McGee, that whole squad, man. I rep them. All right. That's my squad. All right. Well, um, yeah, man. That's it. So next week we'll be back on Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, what is it? 5 p.m. Yeah, 5 Pacific, Pacific. <laughs> and 7 p.m. Central. Yes, sir. Oh, uh, there you go. I got all the all the uh, the time zones <laughs> covered. You know, what I mean, like I, I don't even know why I have to remember that stuff because I have to like schedule things with people that are a lot more based in the U.S. So I kind of understand. My favorite is when you're like, uh, let's do six Eastern, and they're like, what's that? My time. They're like, I don't know, man. Figure it out. Yeah, exactly right. You just like. You know what Eastern time is. Yeah, go um, from there. Yeah. So everybody, uh, before the head of the, uh, before the next show, make sure you guys download the the All Star app. It's in descriptions. Make your picks for UFC events. Join the community. Pick against Sicko. Pick against me and uh, J Spec and and a bunch of other people that are on uh, the app. We I think we have like closing in on five thousand users oh. on the app. So keep Keep killing it, guys, and uh, we'll be back with the show next week. Be safe out there, and don't gamble too much.